All right, let's get this show on the road. That's a line. There's a line from um, uh, the play by Louis Nauer called Cosy Fantute or Cosy, mm-hmm. where um, Roy, who played by Barry Otto in the movie, um, go, let's get this show on the road, Jerry. Yeah. Mm. I played Roy in um, in Year 12. We had to put on a play for drama. Yep. VCE. And um, our teacher was first year. How, how's this, right? <laughs> so the regular drama teacher, who was a miserable cow, um, she she um, went on maternity leave and hired her replacement. And her replacement was um, a woman who was first year at a uni. So first year at a uni doing VCE. Mm. And her major was science. <laughs> Mate, the the amount of stories that I've heard like this from artistic people in Australia is mm. fucking crazy. It's like, yeah, our music class was taught by Mr. Sharp, the PE teacher. <laughs> but like it was like she did it on purpose because she wanted her place safe for her. Like she didn't want the, the new chick mm. to be comfortable and like take over because she was um, – this this particular drama teacher was has was was in charge of the Rock of Steadfords, charge of like you know year eleven year twelve, and she was known for being a cow, for just being crazy mm. and psycho. Like yeah. she would just lie and awful, um, and she you know what I mean like because she had such control over that department, no one else could get their mitts in, and other people tried to, and she so and then maternity leave, so she hires this poor. And the thing is, we're like seventeen and eighteen. She's like 21, 22. Um, and her minor was in drama because she um, did a lot of belly dancing classes. Right. And this poor girl is teaching VCE. She didn't <laughs> know. And she was so nice. Like she could, she had – and our class was like – like there was like 12 of us. Hmm. One boy who had um, – who was mentally challenged and then the rest of us. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so we had to do a play and we're like, so what should we do? She's like, um, what do you guys want to do? Like I was like, we're like, and it's like, do you have any plays that you love and blah, blah, blah. Like we had to choose the play. And she was like, oh, I don't know. When was the last time I read a play? Like it was, I think she had a minor in English as well. Right. Like she just was not, not, you know what I mean? So I was like, I love the movie Cozzy. Let's do Cozzy. So she just went, okay. And just do whatever we wanted. So, I mean, we all got C's when it came to our final performances. When you had to go like VCE, you have to go somewhere and perform your thingy yeah like we all got c's none of us got good marks we had no like we didn't know what to do it was just because this dumb bitch hired someone who just did not have the capacity to really guide vca students we all did very very poorly Mm. also the day of my audition um my mom got diagnosed with cancer as well This is, (laughs) should we just watch it real quick, the only podcast that will make you feel worse listening to it than you did before you started listening to it. (laughs) I am Dr. Damien Gibson. I did not go to seven years of drama school to be called Cozzy. Thank you very much. And joining me in the blue corner 
is the, <laughs> the, the <laughs> mistress of misery. <laughs> it's <laughs> well, it's just a story. It's Kelly, big fucking whoop, wanna fight about it for Stuka. It just was a like I was seventeen, and all I wanted to be was an actress. When I was seventeen, I had a I very, had a very good bad. beer. <laughs> had a very good beer. A very good beer I purchased with my fake ID. My name was Brian McGee. I stayed up listening to Queen <laughs> when I was seventeen. <laughs> Sam Sands. We're going to get the board. We're going to get the board. That's on the, the Simpsons theme, right? Yeah. Simpsons. Ba, 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 da, da. Let's get a. We need to get a whiteboard where it's like Simpsons references, late show references, Kelly being a downer. No, this is a new bingo game. That's seven late show references. You're full of shit, mate. <laughs> late show references. <laughs> um, when someone it's bingo. When someone burps into the mic. Um, when someone burps yeah, into I'm the mic. When I'm miserable. When a dog barks. <laughs> When um, the dog barks, when, when the Kelly bee burps, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm feeling sad, <laughs> like oh, when I mention when I mention Celia, when we argue, like, <laughs> oh, when we argue, yeah, me I mean that's argue. the whole podcast. We no, got no. Uh, we got feedback on uh, one of the podcast episodes of like. Uh, you guys argue like my parents. <laughs> We're communicating. Was, we are communicating more like, than other people oh, do. Jesus so. Christ. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, thank you for the feedback. Good feedback. Um, now, speaking of feedback, I owe uh, one of our listeners slash friends an apology. I told a story a, a couple of episodes back about going to the baseball um, mm. and uh, – I incorporated one of my friends. Remember I said that um, we went to the baseball and my friends had the time-honoured baseball food of chips and gravy and uh, and teased them about that. I'd like to put on the record now that Matthew did not have chips and gravy. He had <laughs> a hot dog. That's sad. I, <laughs> so, Mamu, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm in a program. I feel... Deep shame for my mistake. Yeah. I'm so glad and, you cleared that up. Uh, we're all we're all pondering it. You know, no one had the guts to. Well, I called him out on the podcast. It's only right to like, you know, to uh, what what's the words? Um, repose my uh, repose my ac- accusation. I don't I've know. Never I think heard I, that I, word I before. I think I just made up a word. Uh, anyway, hey, I've got a question. What? Um, what is a TV show that you just keep going back to over and I know there's a few. Yeah, I know the <laughs> There's a few. Um, because it's our safe space. And I know a few people who do it. You just put it on the background because it just kind of sometimes you just want sound and you just you know, and you can rewatch it and rewatch it over and over again. Mm. And it's a safe it's a trauma response actually. It's our safe it's Anyway, so okay. sh- well, let's less on the trauma, more on the TV show. So, Sopranos. Yeah, God, you watch so much of that. I love it so much. Yeah. It's brilliant. Mad Men also fucking brilliant. The writing of this show is the one of the, some of the best I've seen. I because the way they incorporate character development in the writing, because nothing nothing happens quickly. You know, but when they do need to show a passage of time or they do need to show something quicker, you don't feel like it's slow. You feel like it's justified. Um, and I also pretty partial to a bit of The Office and 30 Rock. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, mine is Flying Circus. Mm-hmm. I tend to go back to that mm. when I'm really sad or stressed. Mm. Uh, yeah, Monty Python. Because we just grew it like dad. As soon as we got a VHS, we dad bought like must have cost him a fortune, but he bought like the five volume. He bought like mm. a five volume best of um, Monty Python thing. So we had like 12 hours of Python mm. sketches that we would just watch over and over and oh, over again. Yeah, back in the day when I was a kid, it was Late Show 100%. Oh, Late 100%. Show when I was a kid, yeah. But still to this day, I still go back to. Mm. I, I Occasionally I might put on like Best Bits of Late Show, but mostly it's Monty Python. If I'm doing a. Um Show like if, I've, if I'm doing a solo show or I'm about to do like 50 minutes of stand up, sometimes I'll rewatch really good seasons of Drag Race an mm. hour before, yeah, to just kind of get my um, my sass up and get my confidence up. Like, definitely like season four with so, so like Needles and um, Latrice and stuff like that, five with um, Bianca, six, you know, like I like, yes, there's like a Nine was nine's actually really good. I feel like eight is fine, but nine with um Trinity and Peppermint and stuff like that, I really right. like. Yeah. Um, some All Stars. I'll go rewatch some All Stars, like just to get my my Zaza Zoo up, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kids in the Hall. I watched all of over the last year, and I'll probably just start again mm. and go through it's it pretty again. Pretty good show, man. Kids in the Hall. Kids is in the Hall. Beyond its up. time. Yeah. Kids in the Hall stands up so much. I would even say more than Python because I think it's got enough North American comedy in it for all people mm. to laugh at it, whereas mm. Python is very surreal and abstract a lot of the time. And I think a lot of people go, that's not funny. It's just weird. You know what I really like about Kids um, of the Hall is that they they do do uh, yeah. they do a lot of sketches where – well, there was one sketch where they were in a office um, tea tea break room, mm-hmm. and it was like two of the guys dressed up as a woman and having this conversation. And it's they do the really good thing, really well done, where dudes dressed up as a woman playing women mm. about a womany feminine thing or whatever it is. Yeah. However, the joke is not that they're dressed up. No. Acting like women and like, I've got big, like like the footy show, like big boob, la, la, la. Yeah. It is a genuine, like genuine acting. Like I forget that it's a dude kind of dressed yeah. up as a woman just doing a female part. It's just because they're all dudes yeah. and just kids doing a female the, part. Kids it's, in it's, the Hall. Yeah. In Kids in the Hall, all the five guys play every part. Every part. It's so, very Shakespearean. Like whether it's, yeah, whether it's female or male doesn't matter. Um, and Python get called out for that a, a bit with their female because they did the same thing, but their females are like, oh, oh. I feel like kids um, in a hall do it a lot better. And, and well, again, yeah. I'll say I mean, it it's, was, it's, uh, I would just say in Python's defense, it was 25 years later. That yeah, the but I just, yeah, I just want to get a, through my point that it is um, very like Shakespearean. That's like yeah. where it and wasn't because like, Shakespeare didn't do it where they were like, Oh, let's make fun of women. It was just a filling in moment. It's done very, very, very well. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Kids in the Hall, Monty Python. Um, and I've just, the reason why I bring it up is I just watched the first episode of Buffy. Ah, oh, I Again. love Buffy. Yeah. Dude. Uh, and it, it holds up. I know Josh Whedon, gross, blah, blah, blah. blah but um, 
Yeah, the episode still stands up. I, uh, Buffy was weird because I kind of had like moved away from, I think it was like a way where I could secretly be into nerd shit mm. but not really f- let my nerd flag fly mm. too hard. I, I was it. just watching a TV show because it, it really is a comic book. Like Buffy great. the Vampire Slayer TV show is really, it's so it's so close to all the CW superhero shows that I watch, like mm. The Flash and mm. uh, Lois and Clark and all that, or whatever the fuck it's called, Superman and Lois or whatever. Mm. Um, you know, big group of young people battling a monster of the week, you know, and there's all these soapy elements to it mm. and stuff. Love it, love it. But, yeah, I just thought I'd ask you that question because I thought, like, mm. we could start the episodes with, like, you know, uh, maybe we can ask each other some questions and then maybe we can get the listeners to, to like write in with some questions around movies mm. and TV shows um, that we can talk about at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, man. Um, Rather than just talking about like, oh, I had I had runny diarrhea this week. and I mean, I'm gym. quite happy to uh, – well, I mean, look, can I just – I need to rewind a tiny bit though. Something big Some, – I mean, I do think we sh- – we should still talk about each other and stuff because something very, very, very um, important and big and milestone-listic happened this week. Mm. Some of the biggest whoops ever happened this week. Jim got his abscess removed. No. And he's feeling good. He's feeling really good. And it was a big thing. It was a big abscess. Uh, they gave it to us. which Two. Uh, uh, we had two. He had two abscesses. Did we talk about this last Did week? No. Last week we were like, he's going to have to go in and... Oh, right? was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, because it happened this Tuesday. So we gave him antibiotics and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, I wasn't talking about that. But yeah, Jimmy did go. Anyway, to the vet it was and an abscess because we we mentioned it on the last episode that yeah, Jim wasn't okay. feeling well. So he's fine. He's recovered. Yeah, he's all and good, and, so. and as as per usual, we have another dog here. We're supposed to have. Oh uh, foster- yeah, we do have a second. Yeah. it's just Jock, the Jock. usual. Mm. We're uh, supposed blowing. to have a foster. Mum's Scottish Terrier. Yeah. We're supposed to have another foster dog, but when it got dropped off, it was massive. <laughs> Oh yeah, it. I forgot. We yeah, haven't even told that and story. I call, yeah, I called her Elaine and she was beautiful. It was beautiful, but she was supposed to be a Jack Russell Terrier and then Chick comes to drop off the dog. She goes, you're supposed to get a Jack Russell? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, it's not a Jack Russell, man. Like, I don't know what the pound were on when they said that. And I looked at her and I go, that's a staffy. It was absolutely it was massive. She was like 15 kilos. Yeah. Jimmy's six. Anyway, <laughs> but something else really, really big uh, happened this week. Momentous. Mm. Like... Like, um, you know, volcanoes going off, uh, hell freezing over, <laughs> big whoop on a fight about it. The Something got massive back happened this week. Damien, what happened this week? Uh, oh, the Iron Claw got released. You fucking idiot. Damien got his fucking driver's license. I'm, oh. so, I'm that proud of him. He went, he's a 44-year-old man and he went and got his driver's license and he loves driving. You love it. Man, he got his license. He was back at um, uh, nine, ten, yeah, 11 o'clock. He's back at the house. He's like, I got my license. See you later. <laughs> he <Just> left. <laughs> left. He just left. And I'm like, I'm never going to see him again. He's gone. Nah. He went, he went to High Point, went to visit his sister, went to visit his mate. Yeah. Went, went, I, I, I texted him going, I'm like, fuck this guy. 
I made him run an errand for me. And yes, I asked him for bum cream. Thank you very much. <laughs> of course, I'm going to ask him for something I'd embarrassing. I'd like some chocolate ass cream. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, well, that proud of you, mate. Good for you. Mike Myers reference. Thank you, bub. Uh, yeah, so now Thank I can you. drive. Yeah. Uh, so that's I don't know good. if he can drive, but he's allowed to. Oh, <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> <coughs> this, is coming, this is coming from the woman who literally plays RuPaul's Drag Race. No, on, on her phone while she's driving. No, I don't. You fucking do. You're just a terrible passenger. <laughs> uh, I'm a terrible passenger when the driver is literally not paying attention to the road. Shut up. <laughs> I can't stop burping. But anyway, thank you, Bob. That's very sweet. It's a very uh, rare moment of seeing... I'm that proud of you, mate. Seeing our real relationship mm. there for a second. <laughs> like <laughs> the <laughs> relationship you guys hear on the podcast is not... Real. It's kind of fifty percent of our lives, and then the yeah, other fifty percent is all very lovey and and we just and amped sweet. it up a little bit. Um, or one of us telling the other one to leave because we're doing something. Uh, so before we talk about the shows this week, what have you been watching this week? Um, that's a good question. Oh, I'm I'm I finished the first season of um, Nirvana, the band, the show. Oh yeah, it is fucking brilliant. These guys uh, are starting to get a little bit of notoriety now because they made the BlackBerry film, which I did not realize was a parody of all the other corporate films that are going on at the moment, like Air and uh, Tetris. And mm. I thought it was another fi- like a film about BlackBerry, uh, but it's a piss take of all mm. those corporate films. So I'm really I'm I've uh, re- I'm going to watch that this week. I'm really looking forward to watching it. Mm. Um, Jay and Matt, I don't know their names off the top of like their surnames off the top of my head, but just look it up. Like it's hard to get a, a, a copy of the show at the moment, unfortunately. But if you can find a version of it anywhere, you should definitely watch it. If you love comedy, it's very Canadian. It, it like has a lot of like kids in the hall sort of reserved um, comedy in it, very character driven. Mm. Um, but I just fucking love it, Bub. Like it's mm. so good. When you go to bed, I. I I, like I just watched the last episode of season one last night. It, it it makes me laugh out loud, and I can't remember a show doing that recently. Yeah, that's good. But uh, so that's pretty much it. I've been watching a lot of sport. I go through phases. I don't know if you like this, but I go through phases where I'll be really fixated on stuff, and at the moment, I'm fixated on like cricket <laughs> and wrestling. So that's pretty much all I'm all I'm watching. Mm. Um, but I'm sure, like, I'll exhaust myself of that and then I'll start watching other stuff. Yeah, nice. Um, but uh, I feel like I watched... Oh, I watched Kiss the Girls. Um, the Morgan Freeman, terrible. Ashley Judd thriller from 1997. It's a truly terrible film. It's, yeah, it's, it, not it's great. bad. It's really bad. Uh the plot is all over the place. The storyline. They essentially like tried to replicate uh, Silence of the Lambs, but there <laughs> kind of, it feels like their pitch was like, but we'll have two killers. We'll have two Hannibal Lecters, you know what I mean? Rather than the mm. one. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's just shit. Morgan Friedman is obviously very watchable. Ashley Judd at times is brilliant. And then at other times is truly bad in the scenes. Um, but yeah, just a just a generic nineties thriller that hmm. I couldn't really tell you anything about it. Uh, besides, the the main guy from Princess Bride is the villain, 
and he's doing one of the worst like uh, Georgian Louisiana accents Kerry I've ever heard. I yeah. do declare. Well, I do declare I love to serial kill women. Yeah, like a Blanche Dubois, mm. uh, you know, <laughs> accent of like Blanche Dubois. It's mad enough to have you down here. Well, don't speak that way about Fat Daddy. Fat Daddy loves us. Well, I say, well, I say, boy, I say, boy. This is bordering it's on like, some something weird. No, I mean, it, well, that was Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. He the, he sounds like Foghorn Leghorn in yeah. the film. Anyway, it was shit. Uh, Nirvana, the band, the show, great. Uh, kiss the girls, leave it in 1997, don't revisit it. I just watched one thing this week. Uh, I watched a documentary on Netflix called American uh, Nightmare. Uh, it's only three episodes. Very interesting. I um, recommended it to the Knicks and it was very funny because I got a message yesterday where um, they said, it's so-and-so, right? You know, like, mm. oh, it's, yeah, this person is the Oh, killer. you And I'm like, thing. keep going. It's her. It's horrifying um do i want to tell people what happens yeah i do okay what the fuck is going on outside (laughs) mate there's so much going on in glenroy at the moment it's just noisy anyway um spoiler 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 for american um american nightmare basically what happened is there's a couple they're in bed and someone comes in person people don't know like with a flashlight and lasers in their eyes, gunpoint, and time up, like you know, in the middle of the night, take the take the woman away, mm. and then the guys left there in zip ties, and then um, he could see. They said, "Oh, we've set up a camera in the room. We're watching you. If you call the police, we're we're gonna kill her." So he didn't know what to do. He's like, "I can see the camera. They said they're gonna kill her," and then on his phone, they texted him from an unknown number. Um, saying, you know, she's fine, we're watching you still, blah, blah, blah. So he waited, the guy was like, didn't know what to do, and he finally got out of the zip ties, and then he called the police. Now, of note is that he was drugged, so when he called the police, he was like, he sent her half asleep. He's like, I don't know, she's been taken, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so they pick, the police pick him up, they do anything, straight away the police are like, you did it. Where, where's the doona off the bed? Where is it? Like, where's your sheets? And he's like, they must have taken her in them, you know, wrapped them up because it's cold. And they're like, no, 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 you killed her on the bed, wrapped her up, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is the brilliant police work happening, right? So he's like, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. Like, this poor kid, like the, the footage of this guy. And this guy's like a physiotherapist, has no bad, you know, nothing bad against him. It's like the footage of this guy, like, crying. And they, they, they give him a lie detector test. And then at the test, the guy's like... Um, so unequivocally, you failed. You failed that test, so you definitely killed her. Like stuff like that. This is all, and you watch that. They show the the footage anyway. So he's been like kind of done, and then the police take a turn where she, um, they receive a message from her, like a voice message going, "Hi, I've been kidnapped. Um, I'm okay. The guy wants money." And then from that voicemail, they're like, "Oh, have you seen the movie Gone Girl?" She's done this to herself. She's organised her own kidnapping. So they've they've labelled this as a gone girl situation. And right. this poor so because what they also found out is that when the um the guy came to kidnap, he was like, Oh, what's your name? Denise. I was after Andrea. Andrea was the guy's um ex fiance. 
right? Mm. So they're like, oh, what's this is weird. And then it came up that the ex-fiance and the new girlfriend and the dude, they all work together. So there was there was trouble. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, there's trouble. So first they were like, oh, he's trying to get back with his ex-girlfriend, so he killed his girlfriend. Now they're like, she's trying to do this for attention because he's trying to get back, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, um, and then she calls her father and was like, hey, I've just been dropped off. I'm walking home. So he dropped me off in the street of, of where her dad lives. Right. Anyway, so then she gets charged. He gets charged for falsifying for a hoax. So they've been charged, both of them, for organising a hoax of her getting kidnapped because there's all these holes in the story and it's so elaborate. You know what I mean? All the, everything's so elaborate. And then police start getting emails from someone going, why have you charged them? I did it. And they're like, you guys are doing this. So all this work is getting, so much work is getting, this this woman now is getting death threats. Um, like Facebook, like, I'm going to find you. You can't, I'm going to kill you. Like people are like, how dare you do that to the police? Like all this stuff's happening. Um, and one of the things they put up against her was that they said that, they said, oh, were you sexually assaulted? And she said no at the beginning because... Her kidnapper said, if you tell people that I raped you, I'll come back and kill you. So she said no. And then once they did more investigating, she was like, he did rape me. He raped me three times. But she couldn't say, you know, because she was scared. Hmm. So they wouldn't let her go to the hospital and do a rape kit until she was – so she they made her sit with the police for 12 hours and answer questions. They wouldn't let her go do a rape kit. Right. Even though she said I was raped because they were like, well, were you though? Because you originally said no. Which is sounds, I mean, that sounds honest, like true. Right. Anyway, two years later, in another town, no restriction, someone gets kidnapped. And then no one's picking up on anything, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's like a movie. If you've ever seen the show Unbelievable, it's like that. Some rookie cop, a female rookie cop is like, can I tag along? She's like, huh, that's weird. There's a, I found a, a white hair here and the chick that got kidnapped was Asian because they found the girl and the guy. They arrested someone, right? right? That's weird. And she's like ringing, trying to find out. She's like, there's a hair here. Who's this blonde hair? Who's this blonde hair? Takes her a year to try and find something similar. Finds this case about the hoax. The police don't want to know because they're like, no, 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 she hoaxed it. Don't even try. FBI, no one wants to know. Anyway, this cop pushed it all and they got the proof and it was the same guy. So when they – so basically she was kidnapped by some ex-military fucking psycho, hmm. was raped, all that stuff happened. The police had charged her and her, her ex – they were in a trial for it being a hoax. So they put all that effort into proving it was a hoax. Meanwhile, the guy in between those three years – had like raped and kidnapped a bunch of other women. Mm. Dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. At not one point did they try and find someone who did it. Mm. They never tried ever to find someone. They first went to the boy and then they went to the girl. And she was fucking raped and they wouldn't even let her get a rape kit because they 100% believed that she did it for attention. Well, it's another example of fine American law enforcement. Dude, it's and, – and the thing is the fact that they messaged me yesterday going, oh, it was the boyfriend. I'm like, keep going, mate. <laughs> keep going. So that was a huge spoiler. I just had to tell you the story because I never got to tell you. Sorry if it's – I don't think it's boring television. 
like as in b- boring podcasting. Oh, no. I just think it's an incredible story. Well, that even if you do think it is, don't say it on the podcast. <laughs> now, now everybody else will be like, oh, was it boring? Don't shut up, like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Don't think about it. It's a TV show. It's like one rookie cup. Like they're all detectives. She's in a uniform. She's a uniform cop mm. and she's a woman. Mm-hmm. And she's like, guys, why is there blonde hair on these? Like because he used blackout goggles, like um, swimming goggles that he painted black. Right. And there was tape on him and there was a blonde hair. She's like, we should really find who this blonde hair belongs to because he's got short black hair. The chick we just saved is Asian and no one gave a shit. No one yeah. cared. No. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, you can add me to that pile. So, what have we no. been... <laughs> well, well, let's start with the first one because I think we're going to be really quick with it. it. No, no, okay. I think we're going to be really quick with it. The first thing we watched was the first... So, season 16 of RuPaul's Drag Race, which first episode? Yes. And they only do... So they only did like seven queens in that one because I think they're doing uh, seven queens and seven queens or whatever, mm-hmm. um, what like they've done before. Um, it's the American version. I very much prefer the British version, 100%. At this stage, yeah, yeah. I've watched a lot of the American one. I've watched all every season of the British one. There is a different vibe uh, to both of them, but... Um, the and the difference because I went and I went and did some research, bub, after we watched mm-hmm. this episode, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the change in tone of the show becoming more and more reality based and more and more personality based is say. that the ex- new executive, executive producer, producer of the show Michelle is Michelle Visage. <laughs> you hate her. Yeah. You hate her. Yes. Yeah. Because she's one of the... Anyone who is happy to be a cunt on TV for money says everything I need to know. Like, it says everything about them that I need to know. Right? And then also, like, she like the way that she spoke and treated Adore in one of the All-Stars mm. reinforced everything that I thought That's about when you her. tapped out. Yeah. And now knowing that Adore is a trans woman. Yep. And the way that Michelle spoke to her and treated her when Adore's was trying to be. Every queen that I've heard talk about RuPaul, and like the person I've listened to the most is Jinx, because I love Jinx, but I've heard Sharon Needles talk about it as well. Mm. None of them ever go, you never hear anybody, or I haven't, of the, of the, like Pearl, for example, is another one who just never talks about drag race ever in anything. Oh, if she has, she doesn't have good things to say, Pearl. Yeah. Season seven? Yeah. So there's another person that is just like, it's a it's a factory. It's a sausage factory. You just get put into it, ground mm-hmm. up, and you come out. And yes, you've got more, like, yes, you've got more of a profile that allows you to do other things, but it's not a good experience. Mm. It's not a fun thing to do. And Jinx will be very political in the sense of like, Oh, it was a great platform for me. Um, but she you never hear her go and I loved it. I had an amazing time and the people who work on that show are great and I you mm. never hear like when you hear people talk about Taskmaster, mm. they will not shut up about how good of an experience it is. Mm. Oh, Alex and Greg are the best and the producers are so nice and it, I could have kept doing the show for the rest of my life. You never ever hear that. Mm. Like you hear the opposite tone from drag race contestants. Mm. And I just think I said I said this about um the maybe it was the Australian one that we watched, mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. um, or maybe the, the UK one. I can't remember. But mm. look, 
I think Drag Race has like, um, and they do it less and less now. But I think the 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 brilliance of Drag Race is hearing the Queen's stories yeah. and being able yeah. to educate people through mm. the medium of Make television and entertainment. Yeah. Right, that's really good stuff. And I get less and less of it each season. And it feels like someone who is a maniacal psycho is running the show because they they want to. It makes sense to me that somebody who comes across as small-minded as Michelle Visage thinks that the way to sell the TV show that's already been doing fantastically well for 16 seasons is to create more drama, more uh, shit between the queens. No one's there for that. Mm. The show will die if that's what they concentrate on. The The brilliance of the show is these um, these people sharing their stories, whether they're positive or negative, because it's important for people to hear those stories and to see that they're, they're talent, to see their talent with, you know, sewing or singing or being funny or whatever. Like, that's what we're here for and that's what the that's the recipe of the show that makes it so much fun to watch. Trying to concoct, you know, like, oh God, it's just so boring and dull and fucking short-sighted. Yeah, you just don't like it when they try and make create drama. Um, but just it's reality good, TV tropes. It's yeah. fucking boring. It was the same thing that I said about uh, fucking Squid Game. This bullshit, you know, like plastic, um, contrived way of like pitting people against each other. We, we've we got enough of that shit happening in real life. Mm. We don't need to see it on fucking TV. It fucking it sucks. It's awful. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I, and I'm at the point now where I probably won't watch another episode of the American Drag Race because it's just – as long as Michelle's the executive producer of it, uh, I'm tapping out. I think it's also um, – especially with the American one, they're – you know, it's season 16 – the people they're getting in are super polished and there's an element of, you know, like they really – like some of the runways, they really have to split hairs yeah, to like see because they all are incredible but they, um, they really have been lacking doing the sewing challenges. The sewing challenges, anything where there is a sewing challenge or someone has to show a talent – they need to do more of that stuff because that's what really separates the strong from the weak. Yeah. Because if you've got money and you can go on drag race with, you know, 12 weeks worth of these incredible costumes that are thousands of dollars, fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, fuck you, rich queens. When they do challenges where you make stuff and you can see – I know you hated Roxy Andrews. Um, but Roxy Andrews was someone who could sew and every time they did a sewing challenge, she fucking annihilated because she knew how to work fabric and how to do that stuff. Like when they did, they had to make stuff out of lollies. She she made this dress out of licorice. It's incredible. Hmm. You know, that's talent. And then these, these um, episodes here, they are doing a talent show. The problem is every fucking person's talent is a song that they've made that they lip sync to and they dance to. Every one of them. And then they do the splits. Oh, and they do the splits. Boring. Don't forget that. Everybody does the splits. One of them, one of them did this like puppet show thing and it was great. But then 
there was actually um, the the one separated um, one. I don't know if this was because I, I watched the second episode without you, but the first uh, I don't know if this was in the first or second, but one of the people that actually did like a dance was like there's a Latino queen who's a plus size queen, she's a bit bigger, and she can't dance like the others can dance, but she was funny. Like her lip sync song was funny. She did this weird costume change. She danced like an idiot. Yeah. That was funny. That was good. But the rest of them, it's like A to the E. Like kick, 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 kick. No one cares. But then you go back to, um, you go back a few years, the first time they ever did a talent show, it was really a talent show. Mm. You had three queens tried to sing. One did, um, I remember Detox did like a, a glow-in-the-dark drum set with yeah. um, paint. You know what I mean? Like it was a talent. One did burlesque. Um, Trinity Tuck did this wit. Like, dude, these are the talent shows that you want where people – and someone came out and did comedy and died. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a talent show. But when the talent is dancing for all of them, yeah, I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know. Like And it also – Well, that – again, I know that I'm harping polished. on – yeah, but who's the executive producer? Who's mm. making all the fucking decisions? The fucking pageant queen herself, Michelle, who just wants... That's all she wants to see. I know, but I just want... I want more silly stuff. And that's why Snatch Game is still... That's why Snatch Game is so important. It's really important because that really shows who has a sense of humour, who's got talent, who can just like, you know, improv. Mm. Like, it's so good and... There needs to be more. There needs to be more um, sewing challenges. I think has to be. I was thinking about this during the week. I think the time is right that you could start a competitor show and just concentrate on talent. But it doesn't have to be drag queens. It can be everybody. Well, no. I'm. Well, I mean, yeah. Suppose. Well, it could. Yeah. But I'm. Well, my idea was that you could start a competition like a, a drag mm. competition show mm. that is is well not even a competition it's just a talent show mm. 10 weeks you mm. know and just score it don't have don't send anyone home that's another thing i hate you know sending I mean? people like, home all I these reality tv tropes of like keep them in you know like just yeah just have 10 people over 10 weeks and mm. whoever wins at the end of the 10 weeks mm. wins that's what's so well you know that's what, I mean? what was so make good a, about the all stars make a sorry but I was just going mm. to finish my I thought that uh make it like great british bake off but mm. for talent mm. you know what i mean it doesn't have to be this super competitive thing it doesn't have to no. be this bitchy thing no. you know like you get to you can still get to know the people involved in it through like their interactions with people and stuff because you'll mm. get drama. You just, just naturally, naturally will. Naturally. Without planting it, yeah. Because there will be times where people don't like each other. And then there'll yeah. be times where people are all super nice and friendly. Wouldn't that be a nice thing to watch? Well. To watch 10 people helping each other to create something? Wouldn't that be fucking way nicer to watch than mm. having 10 people who've already had a pretty fucking tough life as, as it is finally get their big break and then, and then be forced fucking, into a room yeah. and they're all forced to like yeah. tear each other yeah, apart. Yeah, to yeah, get, yeah. Yeah, that's why the AF, AFL, oh God, my brain. That's why the All Stars won with Jinx, where no one went home. And I had Monet and um, Raja. Like, it was incredible. Yeah. Because none of them went home. They were all so funny, so great. And there was, you know, they were trying to do a bit of alliance bullshit, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, really, it was great. 
Like I, I, I was like, this is the format. Don't have fourteen queens. Like have eight or ten yeah. queens. And also and the judges and the judges judge. Don't have the fucking queens have any say in the judging process like they do on the new. Well, I think that was just for one episode <laughs> where they let them judge each other. But but it was good. No one went home. They just let each other judge who they thought was the best one for the week. And in that, and it actually in the the first episode and the second episode actually rang true. Who they voted for should have been in the top top two, you know. But it's not we'll designed see. for that. What will happen is mm. that they'll get to see each other's scores at some point and then all fucking hell will break loose. Mm. And that's the point of it. So and what do you give it? I'm giving a fucking one grunt, man. Yeah, you're done. I, I'm just like it's done. It's just boring uh you know, out of the box, um, or not out of the box, that's not the right term, but just like cookie cutter fucking reality TV. Mm. And Drag Race is better than that. And when you see the British version of it, yeah, like we just watched a whole season of the, the most recent British one. It's fun. Uh, it's super fun. And yeah. Michelle's a producer on that as well. But I don't know whether she, I don't know whether because it's in conjunction with the BBC that they don't have as much a say as what no, happens. they just seem a bit more... Um, like, because I think with British, like, Americans are so fake because they're so, like, to your face one way and blah, blah. But I think with the British one, they're very, like, babes, babes, I could be honest, don't like it. Like, yeah. they're very, um, what you see is what you get. Um, and oh, I feel like they're very authentic. The American one, everyone comes in, I fucking hate their, like, little chat to cameras in the American one. Because everyone's so unlikable. Because yeah, everyone's so trying to be a star. Yeah. Everyone's like, you know what I reckon, babe? Like, it's just so like, I'm here to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then in the British one, they're like, oh, I don't know, he's all right, isn't he? Like, it's just... Uh, so and they've all got their own catchphrases because I'm the killer with the chiller. Oh, and God, Americans like, are insufferable. Fucking lame. Anyway, um, I give it to... I'll, I might keep going. I'll see how I go. I don't know. Yeah, it's just like Drag Race is great and it's an institution and, and what it does for education and is yeah. important and great. The Americans But just that's like, being lost through yeah. this myriad of like, oh, we've got to do this to keep people More interested. More sewing challenges. The people are there to see the queens, Michelle. They're not there to see your brain dead fucking ideas of like what television production Can should be. Can I also be. just say, Sharon Needles' season, first episode, season four, the first episode... They had to make their own costumes and they had to make their own costumes from stuff in the dumpster. Remember? It was like a zombie thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And dude, so there's all material and, you know, uh, fishnet and plastic and like all this weird stuff in the dumpster. So they all had to like collect materials and they all had to make a runway with the theme being, you know, um, I can never say this word, um, acropolyptic disaster, you know, blah, blah, blah. Apocalyptic. Yeah, right. And that was the theme. And everyone fucking... Yeah. But everyone, even like <laughs> Fifi O'Hara, who everyone hated, she had this amazing Mad Max kind of cape that she made. Sharon Needles won because she ended up making like some fishing... Um, uh, no, fishing, um, like um, uh, like tights and like tie-dyed her, made herself bald. Like it was what a... Like episode one to see what everyone can achieve, what everyone can do. What a way to really show from the beginning who has, like, talent, who can make stuff, Mm. who has an eye for detail. Incredible. The first challenge should always be a fucking sewing challenge. Um, So, two. Anyway, uh, we'll move on. We'll move on to the second show. Yeah, so uh, Brother's Son. Mm -hmm. This was recommended to me to watch. Yes. 
by? Uh, I went out, I can't remember which one, but I went out with some high school mates and I think one or a few people said, you should watch it, I think you'd really like it. Yeah. Um, I liked it. Look, it's up my alley. It's an action show slash martial arts show um, about two brothers <coughs> who are part of this like crime family and they've been separated basically when they were little. One's gone to LA, the other one stayed in Taipei. Uh, the one that stayed in Taipei is now like a big... Renowned, uh, like assassin. Assassin. Yeah. And the one that's moved to LA is this soft, like Gen Z improviser. Yeah, lives with his mum who's a nurse, has no idea. Takes improvise, uh, improv yeah. classes at the ground. Like yeah, has no idea. Yeah. The big nerd drives a lift in his spare time. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's a great setup for a story and it, like, all sort of comes together where, like, the older brother, the assassin, has to come to America to, like, uh, the dad gets killed so he has mm. to come to America to protect the mom and the brother um, and then, like, these triads who are trying to kill him in Taipei uh, follow him across to America and then at the same time the younger brother has been convinced by his deadbeat best mate to like sell drugs at a club and he they, needs money to pay because he his needs money to pay for his tuition, tuition because <laughs> he spent his university tuition on his groundlings classes dude so um, funny so, so that was that was a, that was quite funny that part. yeah so the story is good and mm. like what i did like about the script structure and stuff is that like uh we were introduced to the two of the main characters in the first three minutes mm-hmm. and then introduced to the next two characters mm-hmm. in the next scene um, so we met the mum, the dad, and the two brothers. We established what happens in mm-hmm. the first five minutes, like mm-hmm. the 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 disruption that makes all of this possible happens in what, like the first three minutes of the film when the mm-hmm. dad gets shot, mm-hmm. uh, and they kind of like shadow box you with that, like they because th- the brother has to like gets attacked by three people, and then the dad comes to check out the the damage, and then he gets assassinated. Mm. That got me. That was like that was what reeled me in of like, oh, uh, that's interesting. Mm. Of like, um, it seemed quite sort of generic, and then the dad got killed immediately. I'm like, okay, great. Mm. This is good screenwriting. Like, this is the life that these people lead. Mm. He gets killed. There's a disruption. So now the brother has to go to America mm. to protect his mum and brother. It's America, really basic screenwriting, yeah. like. But um, when I say basic, I don't mean bad. I just mean good, yeah. solid. Like yeah. what you're taught yeah. at school, like that's the first thing you taught. Is like you've got to make sure that the disruption that makes the story happen, that has to happen early. And mm. more and more I watch shit where like nothing's going on for hours yeah. on end. Or maybe it doesn't happen at all. It just becomes that thing that Trey and Matt from South Park talk about of like and then – and yeah. then this I blame happens. White Lotus. And then this happens. This is and White then Lotus. This happens. Because White Lotus is that thing that's like everyone wants the payoff. Like White Lotus. Oh, I've got all these interesting characters. Oh, the interesting characters interact. The interesting characters are interacting again. And then episode eight, the last episode, you get a payoff of like someone dies or yeah. whatever. Boo! Yeah, White Lotus. The first Boo. episode of White Lotus is. Like 12 different attractive and rich people come to a beautiful island in Italy. Hmm. And even with each individual story, there's no disruption there. There's no like, 
oh, their life is this and then that happens. And if it does happen, it doesn't happen in the first episode. Dude. So we, the disruption that starts the story is happening, what, episode three, four of a ten episode? I'm not investing. Hey, just, if there are any fucking shit. TV executives listening to this podcast, I'm just going to give you the hot tip. No one is investing, or maybe some people will, but the vast majority of people are not investing no. fucking four hours into your story to start. Boring. Hate it. You know what I mean? I went and saw Ferrari last week and th- this that film suffered from the same thing of like oh, nothing God. really. It's just Well, there was like there are disruptions. It's like the Ferrari's uh, company is broke. But you don't really find that out until like 35 minutes into the film. And then the it's point. just an aside. Yeah. An accountant comes up to me and he's like, Hey, Ferrari, you got the no money. You got the do do do. Mamma then, mia. Yeah. <laughs> Mamma mia. Pizza fingers. She's the snack for me. <laughs> anyway, so uh, this was good. I kind of, I will be honest, it goes for 50 minutes the first episode. I sort of, by the end of the episode, I had sort yeah. of tuned out a bit. You hate it. You hate long stuff. Well, I just don't. I think you could cut 20 minutes of this episode down to 30 minutes and you would have a fucking awesome first episode. But because it goes for 50 minutes, it's fine. Because mm. there's all this additional bullshit that doesn't need to be I will say, in there. I you will know what s- I mean? A lot mm. of driving shots, like a lot of shots of people driving from one place to the next. Like, mm. I don't need to see that, you know? But they're kind much- of setting it up as this, like, kind of like a uh, bullet train, uh, Tarantino-esque style, japanese you know, like Hello Kitty story of, like, you know, People on the motorcycles with the, you know, Hello Kitty jacket. Like it's got that kind of air about it, which kind of gives it this like more of an interesting take. Uh, I I just want to say what I really like about this is that it's got um, Michelle Michelle Yao in it who won the Oscar last year for one of the best films I've seen in the last 10 years. Everything, everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm -hmm. One of the best films in the last 10 years. But everyone else in it, majority of all the other people are unknowns. Well, it's an Asian family, like mm. the two brothers and the the roommate, the drug dealer idiot roommate. Yeah. They're all unknowns. They've got no like profile, like they've just plucked them and And they're good. And they're the great. cast is good. I'm not It's really my good. Mate, what I'm talking about though, Bob, mm. is and my criticism of it is that they build up momentum and then it ebbs for like fifteen minutes because the natural the natural length of a TV episode should be half an hour mm. unless you're making some sort of epic. You know what I mean? And the attitude that comes across to me is like, so Stanley Kubrick could tell an amazing story in an hour and 40 minutes, but you're telling me that you need 10 hours to tell your story? Mm. You don't. You could cut that in half. Absolutely. Yeah, and maybe. I just like I, I it ran out of steam for me a little bit because there's like 15 minutes of deadness in the middle. But when it is happening, I felt like I thought it was good. I thought the tone of it was good. It was script wise, how they the brothers meet, things happen. I I thought it was really good. And the the main brother, the young brother who has no idea. Sorry, that was a bip. <laughs> that um has no idea his family has this background. Um, he's like a nobody that they've cast in it and he's really, really likable. He's just a little dumb fuck up. Well, he's not dumb. He's like, you know, this, you know, he's like going to uni, really good at maths and stuff, but, you know, wants to be 
do an improv um, and he's just a real kind of, um, you know, likeable kid who's like, well, that's my brother because he doesn't remember, like he remembers he had a brother but doesn't remember what he looks like. So he doesn't even recognise his brother when he sees him, you know. And um, good acting and then that, his brother, or again, no like history of real acting, he's amazing. Yeah, look, the things I do like about the show is I like the action set pieces. I think they're done really well. There is a little bit of CGI in it, which like with the blood work in particular, there's no squibs or anything. So that kind of is a bit disappointing, Mm. but the actual like uh, martial arts in the film is great. Mm. The cast is good. Mm. The story is really well set up. And, And like to the point where I'm like, I would probably keep watching. It was funny. Um, and yes, I laughed a couple of times, yeah. which I, you know, I was saying before, I can't remember the last time I laughed out loud at a show. Well, I chuckled a couple of times Definitely watching did. this it show. Was like, funny. It's got a good tone and stuff. I'm just, and this isn't this even, is too long. Uh, it's probably a note from Netflix. You mm. know what I mean? Like, cause we keep hearing that like these streaming services are telling people to make longer things because if Martin Scorsese's film goes for four hours, that's four hours. People are going to be watching Apple Plus. Like this could be a movie. You know, so I think this premise in the show could be a movie. I, if you made an hour and a half film, action comedy, mm. like if this was 1985, mm. this film would be an hour and 35 minute yeah. action comedy and it yeah. would be fucking rad. Yeah, I think so. But it just like, and that, that's my only criticism. Yeah. Well, not my. That's like, the problem, isn't it? It didn't blow me away. It was just fun. And that's a story like this should only be given an hour and a half. It, should it doesn't be a need movie. to be yeah. it doesn't need to be a 10 100%. hour story. Yeah. All right, how many grumps? Uh two and a half. I give it 3 because I really like Michelle Yeoh. I just the, I mean there's something about her where she is very commanding on screen. Mm. Like it doesn't matter if there's a fucking bomb going off when she comes on, everything just goes Yeah, she's great. She's, she's just amazing. really really charismatic. Doing nothing, just her stare. She hasn't done anything yet. She hasn't done anything. Yeah. She's just like, you know, like, welcome home, son, she's blah, being blah, a blah. stern Asian yeah. mum. But she's also and, funny. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's also good at, like, she just knows how to, like, just tick a little box of funniness. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, three. It should be a movie, though, 100%. I, yeah. yeah. Anyway. But, um, again, like, it's probably not the creator's fault because – no one's going to make a movie about yeah. this, yeah. you know. Like it's, it would be easier, I assume, to get a streamer to make a TV show of this mm. story than it would be to to make. But a the film guy who wrote it married to Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh uh, well, there's five people who wrote it. Oh well, one of them. Anyway, I need to go to the bathroom. We might need to. Well, that's the end of the out. show. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. But Kelly, thanks for listening. Yeah, lots more people listening uh, this week after we got a bit of a shout out from our friend Seals. So we appreciate that, Seals. Oh, thank you very thanks, much. Seals. That's real. Um, that's real nice. That's yeah. Real nice. So a lot of new people coming to the podcast on the back of uh, on that recommendation. So thanks, mate. We really appreciate that. Uh, welcome to all the new listeners to this craziness that is our podcast. A uh, lot of new followers, a lot of new listeners. Uh, America, England, New Zealand. People starting to listen. New Zealand. Um, did I say the UK? The UK. Yeah, um, that's great. So, great. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we'll keep doing what we do. You guys keep listening. If you could tell your friends if you like it, that would be great. Giving yes, us please. a five-star review on Apple or Spotify, 
that just gets us out to more people. Uh, I watch the Spotify algorithm every day. I have no idea how it works. All I know is that if you tell friends to listen to it and download it, then Spotify tells more people to do the same thing. So uh, if you could do that for us, that would be great. Yeah. Um, but until next time. We love uh, you. Thanks. I love we, you. We love you. I love you. I love and you. Uh, I love you. it's time to wait. I gotta do wait. Bye bye.